1: Van life. Welcome back to FNA Van Life, the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex.
0: And today we're going to be talking to you guys about how we got to Alaska.
1: This has been a very requested podcast topic, and we're happy to lay out everything that we did this summer to get to Alaska, where we are right now, enjoying beautiful Alaska.
0: I mean, it's been epic already, and we've only been here for a couple days now, and we just now got our van. So, let's get into it. Let's go right in. Alex, what did we try first?
1: So, this is a very long and arduous tale of getting to Alaska because the Canadian border is currently closed. There is talk every single month. They're like, ooh, this is the month we might be opening. Ooh, next month is the month we might be opening. And that's been going on since, like, February or March of 2020.
0: So, one thing that we did was we called up The Border Patrol, we called up the agency that we had to talk to. We tried to get all the information that we absolutely needed to be able to cross as workers, you know, to be able to cross with the proper paperwork to get here.
1: So, basically, the Canadian border is only allowing you to drive through Canada to get to Alaska for two reasons. One, if you have work in Alaska. Two, if you have residence in Alaska. Yep. Last summer... They were allowing anybody to drive to Alaska that wanted to drive to Alaska because I don't know if it's a, a right or a, you know, have to thing, but I guess you're supposed to allow Americans to travel to America. And so Canadians kind of had to give transit to Americans going to Alaska, or Correct. at least they did at first. And then a bunch of Americans started breaking all the rules. So rather than go straight from their port of entry to Alaska, mm-hmm. they were saying they were going to do that. And then going off for vacations in bamf alberta or you know way off grid at some random national park
0: which like if there's laws in place guys please 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 respect them like it's the best thing you could do so that way you don't ruin it for the people who actually need to make it here or actually trying to come here for the proper reasons even if that reason is to just explore alaska you would have had that opportunity if you didn't break the rules
1: and even just for a more self-serving reason don't break the rules because the freaking fines are insane. Ridiculous. Thousands and thousands of dollars being banned from Canada for however many years. Prison time. And like, I'll be
0: honest with you, I totally get why you would want to because like Banff and all those places is are absolutely beautiful, breathtaking, especially in the right time when you're driving it. But once again, guys, we have to respect the laws. So try to do everything that's right. Well, let's go back to the the topic of discussion.
1: So, the Canadian border is closed. We're like, all right, we really want to get to Alaska this summer. How are we going to do it? We decide to partner with a tourism agency. So, a travel agency was looking to gather content for Alaska Mm -hmm. tourism to promote the tours that they were selling in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And so, our job with this travel agency is to gather footage, film things, go to touristy events, take video footage so that they can then make content, you know, promote their Alaska. packages and promote Alaska tourism. So
0: just to give you guys a heads up, like tourism in Alaska is essential to the Alaskan economy. To the people of Alaska, they have to have tourism or else they do not have money for themselves to be able to ship goods in and be able to eat and survive. So... Tourism is a huge factor in Alaska economy,
1: and their season is so short because you think you know Alaska's in winter, like eight to ten months. I think it's, of se- the year. I think it's
0: seven months. Oh of my god, the year. It's a lot. at least seven months. It's of the year. a lot.
1: So, anyways, it's very cold here a lot of the time, which means that people really only come to Alaska as tourists in droves in the summertime, and the summer is fairly short in Alaska. Yep. So we're talking like May to August, and May is even quite early. I feel like real summer in Alaska is like June, July, August.
0: Yeah, and then it kind of ends.
1: Yeah, so anyways, there's so many businesses here that are just completely built on tourism, giving tours, guided, you know, outback, camping... Jet skis, boarding, chi- like. trips,
0: kayaking, canoeing, whitewater rafting, bear sighting, like going whale watching, like all these different things are all like part of the Alaskan tourism, tourism business.
1: So if they don't have people coming to pay for these tours, then they don't employ the tour guides and, and then nobody gets paid.
0: And realistically, we can't even exclude restaurants and breweries oh, and 100%. things like that as well because it's a huge factor for them.
1: So, anyways, last year they had a terrible year for tourism. Obviously, so many places and people did. So, this year was hoping to be a really good year for tourism in Alaska. Psych, the border is still closed. <laughs> so, Alaska, I don't know if you've seen this on like YouTube and stuff. Basically, all the ads that I'm getting are like, visit Alaska, visit Alaska. Oh, yeah. Like, they want people to come.
0: They're promoting individual tourism right now big time because they don't have the cruises that naturally come here. Like the cruises normally bring, I think about 1.3 million people per season per summer, uh, to Alaska. So they get a huge, uh, amount of their tourism just from cruises
1: which are cancelled
0: and they might they might start happening in late july they're talking about but who knows
1: right well it seems like everything with the border is like maybe june oh maybe july oh maybe august Mm -hmm. oh maybe september the other thing that they're really missing out on right now is all the rv travel because thousands of people every single year take the drive on the pan-american highway to get to alaska but so the border is closed we've got our letter from our travel agency we call Canada Border Services multiple times and say, what does this letter need to say?
0: So we could relay back to the people whom we're going to be working for, because we do the legwork for our jobs. So we then reply back to the people that we're going to be working for and let them know exactly what the Border Patrol says that we need for our, to secure us being able to make it to Alaska. So we secure all the information that we think we're supposed to need, and we make our way to the border, And we sit in the borderline for about six hours. Also,
1: you should know that only a couple of American borders are actually open to Alaska transit. Correct. So you're going to actually have to go online and find which border towns are actually accepting people who want to drive to Alaska.
0: So we went to the specific one that they told us is the best one to go to for the shortest travel. They even told us that they would recommend that we use words that promote the fact that we're not going to be around other people, that we're going to be self-contained in our vehicle, we're only going to stop at gas stations, limiting our exposure, all that stuff. We used all that word and and context, and sure enough, they go, no, you need to get hotels. No, you need to do this. And so it was funny because it was kind of the exact opposite of what you would think you would actually need to make it.
1: Well, and it was also the exact opposite of what the guy on the phone said. The guy on the phone said it would actually be better for you to stay in your vehicle because then you're not seeing people in hotels. And like, if you think about it, you know, hotels are not inexpensive. So we would have needed at least three or four nights of hotels for the entire drive up. And basically what this border agent was saying is that you have to have them booked before you even get to the border. Mm -hmm. So if you get denied, you're not even going to be able to cancel at least the first or second night. So you're just out that money.
0: As well as we had negative COVID tests. We once again are living in a van, so we're not around any people during this time between the negative COVID test and also crossing the border. Yeah. So there is no worries about any type of us getting anybody else sick.
1: And the other thing that we had to do, so the COVID test is mandatory within 72 hours. And then we also had to have for Paco within 30 days, a certificate of health from a vet saying that he was a healthy pup. Yep. And that all of his vaccines were also up to date. So we had to get him an updated rabies shot because it was going to expire pretty soon after we were about to cross the border.
0: Yep. So we took care of all the stuff that we had to. And sure enough, we get to the border. We're sitting in line for, I said six hours, but as a little exaggeration, we sat in line for about four and a half hours. There was only nine cars ahead of us. When we finally get to the border agent, he basically almost immediately you could feel the tension that he's already like, I'm not letting these people in. Like, if you guys are loving this
1: F&A podcast and you want more, you're in luck. We've decided to release a special exclusive podcast every single month that's going to take you way more behind the scenes on what van life is really like.
0: All you have to do is just join our
1: Patreon and we're going to hook you guys up. Patreon is a website where you can support creators that you love, hopefully like us, FNA Van Life. For a small monthly donation,
0: you guys going to get more podcasts from us and also direct access to our YouTube videos before they even come out.
1: Go to FNAVanLife.com slash Patreon to sign up today and get instant access to so much behind-the-scenes content.
0: We come to find out that He's already denied six other people, and he had no intention of letting us in from the moment that he seen us. He—that's what his words were. Like he's like, I've seen so many people try to get across this border. I've seen a lot of fake document documents. I could tell that these aren't fake, but I don't deem what you guys are doing as the proper type of work Essential. that I'm. I'm gonna allow you right.
1: Through. And so it's interesting because when we were talking to the border agents on the phone. You know, they were basically like, it doesn't have to be essential work.
0: It just has to be work.
1: It just has to be work. And, you know, then come to find out that this border agent is only letting people through who are, you know, full-time employees of essential business. So
0: that basically makes it to where if you are an individual that is self-contracted, that is self-employed, you are now at a different stature of somebody who has a full-time job, which is... Uh, kind of moronic because there's so many people out there that work and create their own contracts and create their own work for themselves and have great lives and live one- and make a lot of money. Right, and even more than some people who just work regular full time jobs.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's about the money though. I but think it's about you know. They're but thinking, they they're made it. Like,
0: they made it about that
1: because they also said that our paperwork was not enough. They needed to know how much money we were going to make, how many hours we were working, how much we were going to get paid per hour. Which
0: honestly is none of their business. So the border took so long for us to get through. Six hours just for us to get denied.
1: Yeah, it was a very long, stressful, tiring, exhausting day. We spent the next two days afterwards just kind of, you know, parked at a casino parking lot, like...
0: Just de-stressing.
1: De-stressing, licking our wounds, just kind of like feeling sorry for ourselves, and then trying to decide how we should proceed.
0: And then the crazy part is, is we come to find out a few days later that... It's all about the border agent that you get. You could go to the next border spot over, have the same credentials and be able to get through.
1: Yeah, it's super arbitrary right now. When we left the border, in our minds, we're like, okay, I guess we need a really detailed contract. We need something that lays out you know, exactly what we're doing, exactly how much we're getting paid. The company that we're working with, It's not a full-time job. Like Frank said, it's a contract job. And so basically we would be getting paid per deliverable. So when we, you know, go to the tour that they want us to go to and then provide the video, they pay us X amount of dollars. So I guess we could, you know, write out, you know, hypothetically every single tour that we're going to do for them and then every single dollar that's going to get paid for man and man you know but it was like it was this whole thing and then to ask this company to like put together this whole giant contract was like just a lot well
0: and also what it does for us is it, it like for us not to do that it allows us to have flexibility to be able to go and do things that we want to do as well you know what I mean it's not all about the money for us yes money's great yes promoting tourism is great but at the same time we also want to be tourists we also want to be able to enjoy certain things that those companies may not be able to reach out and get for us.
1: Mm -hmm. And so the whole point of having the work contract is that, yeah, we are going to work in Alaska for the summer, but we're also going to enjoy Alaska for the summer. And the Canadian border technically wasn't really supposed to make the call on what our job was, how important our job was, or how much we were going to be working, according to the guy on the phone, which the guy at the border basically said the guys on the phones are idiots and they don't know what they're talking about. They just, they had a disagreement about what was required. So anyways, we're back to the drawing board.
0: Fast forward a couple weeks, or actually not a couple weeks. Fast forward like three days. We're calling around. We're trying to figure out all the different ways that we could get the van to Alaska and us to Alaska. There was a possibility of Alex driving and me flying well, with all, like, because you could get across the border because you're Canadian. That's just as simple as that. And I could fly. But the thing is, is that we can't really make that trip because Alex deals with anxiety when she drives. We're trying to allow her to drive more so she could get through that as well. Work past all those individual things that are going on. And so we then reach out to the barge and or the ferry and we are trying to get
1: onto the ferry. But the problem is, is that it's all sold out. So, the ferry is operated by Alaska, and I guess in the last years, they have been very not profitable, and so they actually sold off a lot of their boats recently. Unbeknownst to them, we were about to go into a global pandemic that made the ferry ride the only way to get your vehicle to Alaska. So, it became very popular very quickly, mind you, The boat, I mean, it does not look like a luxury cruise ship.
0: Actually, just to let you know, I just read an article in Google yesterday about one of their ferries that is basically out of commission. In order for them to restore it, it would cost them $35 million. Wow. So they actually gifted it to the Philippines, (laughs) and the Philippines will be able to fix the boat to make it work again. It's just more profitable for them to just literally give it away to somebody. Wow. That's crazy.
1: So, anyways, the way that the ferry works is that you drive your vehicle on, you park it in a deck, and then you basically are on the boat for I think it's like four or five days. But either you get a cabin, a room, or you sleep in a tent on the deck of the boat. Yep. Which is kind of hilarious. But the reason that people tent camp is because the cabin rooms are limited and also very expensive.
0: Very expensive. Just for the two of us, I think it was like $1,700 for the room for the time being. Right.
1: Plus, the vehicle itself was like $5,000.
0: Yeah, so you're talking already almost $7,000 just for the two of us and Paco to go on that boat.
1: And here's the kicker about Paco. He would have had to be in in the van the whole time. He would only be allowed out once every eight hours for 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cruel, I think.
0: very much. Like,
1: basically Paco's alone in the van for eight hours straight, and then we get to see him for 20 minutes.
0: That's it. And then he goes right back in the van. I mean, he probably wouldn't even want to go back in the van (laughs) every time, you know? You
1: know? So anyways, we were looking at that, but they were completely sold out for... Vehicles. So we could get on as individuals, like two people walking on foot traffic, but there are zero spots available for vehicles. So we're like, all right, well, that doesn't really help us because then our van is still not in Alaska.
0: Uh, Yeah, that... Like, what are all the options at this point, you know? So we start looking again through options, and we're once again considering the fact that Alex might have to drive and I might have to fly.
1: Yeah, and I just, like, didn't love the idea of me driving myself. It is so many miles through some of the most remote highways in the world. And, you know, we were talking to our friends, Adaptive Humanity, and Matt and Amber, they were basically like, we would never, like, Amber would never make the drive by herself. Matt was like, I have basically, like... Every safety feature that you could possibly have inside of a van, you could satellite radio like NASA from his van, basically. <laughs> and he's Pretty like, much. I still wouldn't feel comfortable letting Amber make that drive by herself.
0: Yeah, and which is totally understandable. So now we're at a point where we're once again calling around, trying to figure out if there's any availability anywhere to be able to get the, get the van there. And we come across this company called Tote.
1: Well, actually, first, let's talk about the barge, because the barge oh, is yeah. another way that you can get the van up to Alaska. It's open air. It takes two full weeks to get to Alaska.
0: What Alex means by open air is it's open to the elements. It's not in any type of contained area. So you now have to worry about the two weeks of the van being on a boat uh, over the sea.
1: Yeah, so that's salt a lot water. of salt water. Salt water. Um, you know, you worry about rust, you worry about, you know, just the elements on the van and then, you know, it's got to stop at every single little port town along the way. So now you're without a home for two whole weeks where you have to figure out where you're going to live for two weeks, which just isn't really feasible for us.
0: Once again, super expensive to be able to basically be in a hotel and or Airbnb out here right now, just because Alaska in general is fairly expensive, When you come here, the people here only... They make their money in a very short season. So everything is going to be a bit more expensive than usual.
1: We call Tote Maritime. And Tote has this really cool operation where all of the vehicles are driven onto the boat. So they call it roll-on, roll-off. So they drive the vans on and then they drive the vans off. And then when they're in there, it's basically a giant parking garage... Where they close all the doors up so all the vehicles are enclosed inside the van, not ex- inside the boat, not exposed to any elements.
0: Yeah, and they're not even going inside a container so you don't have to worry about your rig getting dinged up or anything in a tight space. They literally get dro- driven into a parking lot.
1: We ended up getting a quote from Tote. It depends on the length of your vehicle and I think the height matters. They ship some crazy luxury stuff. Crazy stuff. stuff. Oh I my mean, gosh.
0: Let's put it this way. There most likely won't be a rig that they can't ship.
1: Yeah, let's we just put when it we way. drop the van when it comes
0: off. to RVs and vans. Yeah, we saw know?
1: some giant class A buses and then we also saw some really slick, like mm-hmm. super fast luxury sports cars.
0: So it was, like, anywhere from four to $5,000, I would say.
1: Yeah, so our quote for a 21-foot RV was 4700 and change.
0: Yeah, so that, in turn, is cheaper than any of the other options, actually, except for driving, but that wasn't a possibility for us.
1: Right. We decided to go with Tote, which we're super happy about the decision because we're in Alaska right now. We yeah. wouldn't have been otherwise. And then
0: Paco only has to take a flight that's less than four hours. Uh, from Tacoma or Seattle area.
1: Well, we had to take. We the had flight to take too. the yeah, we had to take <laughs> the flight
0: too, and the flight was super easy, very chill, very relaxed, nice, easy flight. We make it to Alaska, and now we only have to wait four days because the boat goes so fast to Alaska that the the van is to you in four days.
1: Yeah, so tote just goes. Tacoma, Anchorage, Tacoma, Anchorage, Tacoma, Anchorage, Tacoma, Anchorage. Back and Anchorage. forth. They
0: don't stop anywhere They else. have
1: two boats every single week. They have one that leaves on Wednesday and one that leaves on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And both boats are basically full of if you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast you're gonna love our van life book this book is gonna take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig building it out and everything that you need to know about being on the road living van life full-time if you want to pick it up it's available as a kindle download on amazon and we would so appreciate your support Link in the description below I think they said, you know, I don't want to quote numbers, but like so much of the fresh produce and food that you're going to eat in Alaska comes from tote because it's real, it's fast, right? So they can put lettuce and mushrooms and like all these like vegetables and fresh food in the refrigerated cargo trucks that then get rolled onto the boat.
0: So most of the things that you probably find in, in like, you know, the, the, uh,
1: Grocery store. The grocery
0: stores. Most of the things that you find in the grocery stores are actually probably shipped by them.
1: Which is pretty freaking cool. That's cool. cool. Yeah.
0: So Olive Olive got shipped.
1: Olive got shipped by Toad.
0: It didn't go to a grocery store, though.
1: <laughs> well, it did right afterwards because we had to That's refill true. our fridge. That's true. <laughs> so here are a couple of things that you have to think about when you're doing the roll-on, roll-off shipping. So the first thing that you have to do is disconnect all of your propane. Yep. Um So we disconnected all the propane lines. Uh, that's required.
0: And then make sure that you kill your, your switch for your electrical. Cause you don't want to deplete your battery bank. We like made the, we, did. we made the mistake not to do that. And then when the van got to us, we had legit zero, uh, uh, battery left. It was at like 10 volts, yeah, which is the lowest to, I've ever seen. we had oh to God, plug was, in. We
1: had to find somewhere to plug in almost immediately. Yeah. Really dumb rookie mistake, and it's funny because if you go and watch the video that we made about this trip on YouTube, we're like, guys, don't forget to unplug all your batteries. We're going to go unplug our batteries. And sure enough, we forgot. Yeah. Super stupid. And then, I mean, it's all fine now, and we have lithium batteries, so like you can drain them to zero, and it's fine, and you don't have to worry about it. But that meant that as soon as we got the van back, we had to find somewhere to plug in. Yep. I think that was kind of all that we had to do. The other thing that we did do before coming was stock up on non-perishable stuff so we got bunches of cans of stuff we got you know stuff that wasn't going to go bad that we could just have in the cupboards because
0: oh i know one other thing yeah you also have to make sure that your tank your your fuel tank is quarter of a tank or below yes if you don't do that you'll be siphoning gas out
1: yeah well i guess that's to keep the weight of all the vehicles down because if you think you know if they've got i don't know I couldn't even guess, maybe like 500 vehicles going on,
0: you At know? At least, yeah. Like, there were
1: so many vehicles there. I think
0: they had 400 and some items that were going on there. Total. In, in total, yeah. Yeah. On that boat, So, anyways, if you
1: think about, like, even 100 vehicles having mm-hmm. full tanks of gas, that's yeah. like so many extra pounds of weight that you're mm-hmm. putting onto this boat unnecessarily. So, you have to have... A quarter of a tank of gas or less, which is kind of a bummer. Well, actually, it kind of worked out okay, because the gas in Alaska actually isn't that crazy expensive. It's
0: not. It was actually cheaper than uh, than Washington State on average.
1: Yeah. So, and then, out that way. And
0: then one thing we did also was we made sure that we had a full tank of water, so that way when we got here, we didn't have to go searching for water as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we swapped out the weight of the gasoline tank for the weight the of weight. the water tank. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> but one thing I can say is that we had an amazing experience with Tote. We think that they're an amazing company, and you know we might even be using them again to ship the van back down. Well, we'll so see. it's so
1: interesting because technically right now you should be able to drive back. Um, even with the border closed, because our residence is in the lower forty eight we should be able to drive from Alaska back to America. But
0: who knows? That could change. They could be like, you know what? There's too many people driving back. We want to be...
1: Yeah, or the people driving back are breaking the rules or like whatever it might be. So anyways, um, if you're shipping your van from Anchorage to Tacoma, it's actually a lot less expensive because the really busy full ship is the way to Anchorage. So the really kind of empty ship is going back to Seattle.
0: Yeah, they said that the price of going back would actually probably be a bit lower. So always look into it. Um, It might be the perfect option for you. And once again, that's 5,000 miles that you're saving on your vehicle. Plus like at least
1: $1,000 in gas.
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. A thousand dollars in gas as well. So you could think about the wear and tear of your vehicle that might be able to justify the cost of it. Um, And if you just want to make it to Alaska and explore and you have the you have the money, it's the best option, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. The only kind of not great thing was that we had to put Paco in cargo to fly because um, he's a little bit too big to go under the seat.
0: But then again, not everybody out there has a dog.
1: That's right. So that's the only thing that you really have to think about because what Well, what we could have done also was get the foot um, passenger on that uh, ferry boat that we talked about but that would have been even just for foot traffic for two people it was 1700 bucks
0: yeah it was crazy expensive we were
1: like what like absolutely not and again that's because there's so little space on those boats right now they've instituted like airline pricing where it just fluctuates so they can just keep raising the price up and up and up and up yep when the demand is high
0: so that's how we made it to Alaska. We're super excited that we're here. We're happy that we get the opportunity to explore this amazing place. I mean, it is like nowhere else. It's literally, we we feel like we're in a different planet.
1: And we've only actually been back in the van for like three nights?
0: This is going to be our third night. Oh
1: my gosh, we've only slept in the van two nights since we the got to Alaska. The days feel
0: so long here. <laughs>
1: oh my god, it's so crazy to... Be awake at 11 p.m., and it's still bright sunshine. Just to
0: give you guys an idea, right now it's 9.50 at night, and it is fully bright outside.
1: Yeah, it's literally crazy. I feel like the first day we were here, we were like, what the
0: freak is happening right now?
1: So your circadian rhythm gets kind of, like, messed up. Like, we're not going to bed until, like, 1 in the morning, basically, because... It's just, like, it's so bright out that it's so hard for your body to register that, like, I should be going to sleep now.
0: Yeah, it's time for bed, but yet your body doesn't feel that way.
1: Yeah, the fact that it's 10 p.m. right now and we're like, yeah, let's record this podcast. It's Kind of wild, <laughs>
0: then again, we were recording podcasts at around like 10 o'clock every night because we were building the van.
1: I know, oh my god!
0: Oh man, at least
1: we're not that kind of tired right now because that's a whole different level.
0: Well, we hope that you guys figure out this way to be the perfect way for you to ship your van, your car, whatever it is that you decide to utilize to come here to Alaska. And if and you make it here us. this
1: summer, give us like. Sh- come and hang out
0: hit us up maybe we'll have an fna like get together you know
1: oh my gosh that'd be so wild so definitely hit us up if you have any questions specifically about tote or about you know what we did i mean i think we kind of laid it all out but if you have any more specific questions hit us up we're always happy to talk um you can reach out to us through instagram it's just fna van life on there or send us an email fna at gmail.com And be sure to leave a five-star review for this podcast wherever you listen because it helps more people find the podcast. And we just want to grow our community of adventurers.
0: Yeah, and shout out to all the people that left the comments based on the fact that they wanted to hear more about how we got our rig to Alaska. You know, we really appreciate you guys. Make sure to hit us up if you want us to shout you out on the podcast. We really appreciate everybody out there listening, and we hope that you guys have an FNA day. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.